Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Regardless, welcome back to the Cyber Law Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Pollock, cybersecurity attorney at Niles Barton & Wilmer. Glad to have you back. Keep those questions and comments coming. Call me, 443-381-3586, or email me at sspollock, that's P-O-L-L-O-C-K, at nilesbarton.com. The questions and comments have been great the past couple weeks. Uh, very insightful, leading to very uh, good conversations. One question I got that I want to cover today is how we tackle the notification obligations in state law after a data breach. So first, we're not going to be talking about the international or the federal requirements if the international federal law applies to your company in that specific data breach. We're only going to cover the states because honestly, the states give us enough of a headache that if we did everything else, we'd be here for another hour and a half. So when I'm talking about multi-state data breach notifications, I'm talking about the when, the who, the what, and the how. But where do we start immediately after a data breach? Well, the first thing we have to determine is where your clients and employees past and current are located. What state do they reside in? Because when we know what state they reside in, then we can start that deep dive of figuring out does the definition of personal information apply here? Does the definition of breach apply here? Because every law is going to be different about those things. And so each involves a unique analysis. So let's assume that we've determined that the various states, that the breach applies to a number of states, and that we need to deal with their notification requirements. So we need to know that first, all the states have their own data breach notification requirements. So now we know what states are involved. We now need to look at the when, the when we need to provide notice by. And this is a two-prong analysis. The first prong is we need to figure out when this countdown clock starts, and then we need to determine the timing. So why is the countdown clock starting? Why is that date so important? Well, because if we don't, we can't figure out when you need to provide the notice by without knowing the exact time that we need to start the analysis. And this is where it gets very complex because the laws are ambiguous and they don't define a lot of the terms they use within the cyber laws. So to give you an example, 13 states say that you have to notify when you discover or when you're notified of a breach. And what that means is maybe the second you learn of it, you need to get on the notification timeline. You know, maybe it's after you've really figured out, which could be a month. Um, it's unclear. 23 states say the same thing, but they also say when you find out it involves personal information, which probably pushes that clock back farther, gives you more time. 11 states say that you know the clock starts after you've completed an investigation, i.e. when you finished looking into the breach and that you know that personal information was impacted involving residents of that specific state. And then you get specific laws that are just completely different. You know, Massachusetts says when you know or have reason to know of a breach, and that's a very tight time frame. Because if you imagine if you find out maybe that you were hacked, but you don't know what to do and you wait a couple of days, maybe you wait a week before you involve legal and technical, that makes your timeline to notify people within Massachusetts very tight. And then you get a state like Georgia. Georgia has no 
time frame. They don't tell you when they want it delivered. But that doesn't mean you just get to sit on it because I can guarantee you the state attorney general in Georgia will not be thrilled if you just sit on it for months. So once we know when the clock starts, then we look at the timing aspect. Now, most of these states define the timing, when to provide notice um, by saying either as soon as possible, without undue delay, or most expedient way as possible. So it gives you a little bit more wiggle room to complete your investigation, to secure your systems, and determine what individuals you need to notify. Some provide an actual time frame, a drop-dead date. Two, say, 30 days. That's Florida and Colorado. That's the tightest time frame for states, although it's going to vary if you're regulated by the GLBA, if you're regulated maybe in the insurance industry, they get a lot tighter. I, you know, specifically in the insurance industry, it's about 72 hours, but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. 10 states say you've got 45 days. Five states say that you've got 60 days. Most of these laws are going to give you an exception, um, which means they're going to let you have longer time to provide notice if you need to involve law enforcement. So after we know when we need to provide it, we need to figure out who we need to provide notice to. Every law is going to say that you need to provide it to the individuals impacted. But then some laws are going to say you need to provide it to some government um, regulator, government authority. 29 states say the state attorney general, but then you get other states that are unique. Massachusetts say the attorney general and the uh, Office of Consumer Affairs. New York says the State Consumer Protection Agency. New Jersey says the State Police. So it gets really complex and unique based on each state law. Then you need to figure out who you notify first, between maybe the government needs to get notified first before the individuals, or you can notify the individuals before the government. So that's another analysis. Then some laws are going to outline if you need to notify the media or maybe credit reporting agencies. And a lot of this is based on the number of people involved in the breach. Some say if there's 500 or more, you need to notify the credit reporting agency. If there's 1,000 or more, you need to notify statewide media. Once again, it depends on the state and the type of breach you have. The next step is figuring out what we need to include in the notice. Generally, the universal standard of the notice that goes out needs to include a description of what happened, the investigation, the remediation, the information impacted, the risk to the individual, how the individual should protect themselves, contact information for your company, and contact information for potential government organizations and regulators. Some of the laws say that you need to include information about a credit freeze. Some of the laws say that you need to include information about fraud alerts. Others say include information about identity theft, if it involves an email, there's unique things that you need to include at that point. Some require you to include and offer credit monitoring. Once again, it's a state-by-state state individual analysis that needs to be done before these notices go out. Because if you don't include the proper information, these state regulators, the government, they're going to come down on you for failing to do that because it's just not reasonable not to read the law, not to understand the law, and not to make sure that you're legally compliant with these steps. Finally, it's the how. How you're going to deliver these notices to these individuals. All states say that you can do it by mail. 
they say, you know, the re last address you have on file, you can do it that way. But a lot of times the question a, you know, a client's going to have is, how do we know that we have the right address? And that's very difficult. And it's just about taking reasonable steps and a good faith effort to find a good address or to use the last address on file. Some states, specifically 20 states, say that you can do it by phone. Some states say that you can do it by email, but that's going to depend on the relationship that you have pre-existing with the client. Lastly, every state has what's called a provision for substitute notice. And the reason that the substitute notice is there is when you get breaches on a massive scale where the cost of notification via mail is exorbitant, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So rather than do that, most laws are going to lay out that you can notify the media, you can post it on your website, and you can send an email if you have that, rather than send the notices out. You know, the issue with that is you don't really want to notify the media unless you have to. So that option is never really advisable unless the cost of sending out physical mail is so high that it just outweighs the cost of telling the media. So as you can see, this process is very in-depth. This process is very complex and involves a time-consuming legal analysis of every state law. So what ways can you do to really prepare yourself to you know, prevent and mitigate the potential costs of these uh, notification processes? First is creating a basic an inventory of where your past and current clients live so you know what states that you need to apply with, uh, comply with. It's then figuring out what information you have, which is also going to go to what states, state data, data <laughs> notification laws that you need to comply with. And then maybe paring down what information you're keeping. Now, these practices are just best practices, and they're easy. They're cost efficient. They don't cost you anything. And when you start doing this, if you get into a data breach, you'll see that you're much more prepared to handle these complex legal situations. And when you hire someone like me, the cost is going to be decreased because you've already done a lot of that work, a lot of that deep dive. But that's what lawyers are here for, too, when it comes to notification. We try to make your life easier. We try to make it less stressful. And we try to get you back to doing what, you're, what you do best, servicing your clients, making your products, uh, and running your business. But that's where we are today. We've got uh, two great podcasts coming up. Um, we've got a cybersecurity firm who's going to talk about ransomware. And we've got uh, an all-star in the crisis response um, sector who's going to talk about how to handle messaging internal, external after a data breach. So I'm excited about those two speakers coming up. Uh, glad you're back. Once again, feel free to call or email me with questions, comments, 443-381-3586 or email sspollock at nilesbarton.com. Thanks again for being here, and I look forward to having you back on the next one. Have a good day.